folding pocket. The Fast and the Curious is part of the Acast Creators Network. Subscribe now so you never miss an episode. Thank you. Hello and welcome back to The Fast and the Curious with me, Bessie Glover. Me, Formula One fan, enthusiast and... Geek? Geek! Yeah. Christian Hugill. <laughs> Dork. <laughs> Hello and there. me, Greg James, the team principal. And we're coming at you live from the dining room with a big horse... Hi, Barney. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying, welcome to the fast and the curious. Welcome to the barks and the curious. I feel like we're slightly encouraging bad behaviour here, Greg. Here we are. Shh. Good boy. We've got so much to talk about. What a busy episode. Betsy, what, what's, what are we going to cover today? We are going to talk about Brazil and the first lap drama and the last lap drama. And also who that Red Bull man was on the podium. Did anyone see that? <laughs> I did see this. Yeah, people really liked this. <laughs> people love this. And we've got a massive announcement, which we're going to talk about at the end of the episode. We massive announcement. Oh, massive announcement. It is massive. How big is it, Barney? <laughs> Shall we talk about Brazil then? Because I had an absolute shocker, guys. I didn't start watching until all the drama at the beginning was over. You were so, stuck in a voiceover booth, weren't you, dear? Stuck in a voiceover booth. Missed all the good bits at the beginning and then sat there, watched the boring bit in the middle, then had to turn off to go and redo something and missed the exciting bit at the end. But the, I only found the... Thank you, Barney. I only found the second stint boring. There was lots of overtaking going on in the first pit stop stint. So I think... On social media, people... Sorry, I've just been distracted by Barney. Very gently. Taking a gardening glove off the radiator. I mean, what is he up to? <laughs> <laughs> Barney, Barney's gone now. <laughs> just get, imagine just getting so bored that you're just like, I'm just going to pick this glove up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take this off here. Yes. Oh, I've got nothing else to do apart from... Imagine that's your life. <laughs> you're like, he's got so little to do. He's like, I'm just going to pick this glove up now and walk around. Yeah, but he didn't he's even so, do that. He's so happy though. Yeah. He's just so like, la, 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 la. We can learn a lot from that stupid idiot. We can. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, as I was saying, the first pit stop stint was, was very entertaining. There was lots of overtaking. The second it all quietened down, Right up until the last lap where I probably, and you know, I don't say this, you know, lightly, gave my biggest in-race scream of the year. Ooh. Ooh. Go on, what does that sound I'm, like? I'm at Greg's house and Greg's <laughs> wife and mother-in-law are over there. I don't want to scream. It'd be uncouth. Uncouth! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's scones on the you? table. Okay. Greg's made me a tea. What? So away from the mic, what noise was it? Just do it, do it into the, go on. It was quite aggressive. It, I got oh, okay. quite football fan like. I got quite Ooh, like Leicester had scored. I got really <laughs> like, go on, Fernando, go on. Like I really got into it. So I, yeah, I thought it'd be more high pitched actually. No, it wasn't camp on this oh. occasion. Un oh. Rarity for me, but it was quite <laughs> hashtag mask. What about what? I thought that uh, Charles Leclerc's little mishap was quite camp. Oh, so Go, going off in the formation lap, it's really camp, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> He's like, I am so unlucky. I am so unlucky. Why am I so unlucky? My favourite bit, though, is all the, the pictures and the videos of him just walking through, like, all the different bits of grass, going to <laughs> just to try and get back to, like, normal civilization, just, like, on his little adventure. <laughs> my, my niece is 15, and she loves Formula One. She has got into it in the last few years. Absolutely loves it. I think I've talked about her before. Yeah. She is obsessed with Charles Leclerc. I'm and, not surprised. Um, and by the way, you might have noticed I'm calling him Charles Leclerc. It's because I saw a video where he calls himself Charles Leclerc and not Charles. 
Oh. Which has really confused me. So I'm just mixing it up a bit this week. Okay. So before people write in and complain. Mm. Um, But uh, Charles, (laughs) (laughs) but Charles was, is her favorite. She's completely obsessed with him, wants to marry him, is the best. Um, I was watching the first bit of the race with her yesterday and she screamed the house down. She was not okay, hon. She, she said, that's it. That's it. That's the end of my life. That is the end of my life. I can't believe it. No. You know, when we mentioned that in Qatar, Carlos Sainz car just wouldn't start. And I said, that was very camp. That was almost like, I'm not doing it today. I just, I just can't do it today. Well, this was almost more camp, wasn't it? It was the car sort of being like, I don't want to, but I will. Yeah. And then it gets out and goes, actually, no. Yeah. Not feeling it, lads, no. actually. Take me back in. I'm going to sit over there on the grass, actually. So all the marshals, because <laughs> they have me picture taken with me. It's, <laughs> it's also really, uh, it's really embarrassing, isn't it? To go off in the formation lap. It's what it, it's. It's it, happened that, before, though, when it's been the driver's fault. At least this that was a mechanical failure. Right. Yeah, because yeah, everyone thought it was his fault at first, didn't they? And until they found out and, it was. And it's happened before. Well, Max Verstappen did it in the wet. Um, no, that wasn't the formation lap. That was the lap to the grid <laughs> last season. That was arguably worse. <laughs> and and Red Bull made a heroic effort to fix the car and get him started in time. So it, that sort of thing has happened before. So at first it was like. Oh my God, this is the ultimate howl. We've had George Russell go off in the past under the safety car. So it, that sort of thing has happened. But you could tell from the sheer violence of how quickly the car spun that that was a mechanical problem. What is going on with Ferrari though? They've always got issues. There's always something wrong with their car. I, I tweeted this yesterday. Oh yeah, how And then I put it on MySpace. <laughs> <laughs> And then Bebo. And then Bebo. Yeah, and, and Friends Reunited. Um, <laughs> guys, I, guys, guys, I'm going viral on LinkedIn. <laughs> Gosh. The, the only team I actually have confidence in that can properly challenge Red Bull next year at the moment are McLaren. Because mm-hmm. they're the only ones really that since they bought a big upgrade package in Austria have been sort of constantly going in an upward trajectory. Whereas, you know, obviously... Carlos won in Singapore and you think, oh, Ferrari are back. And then Lewis has had a couple of really quick looking races and you think Mercedes are back. And then we had this with Mercedes where I don't know if you two saw the post-race interview that Toto did with Ted Kravitz. He said it was their worst weekend for like 13 years or something. Why? I can't remember Mercedes having such a genuine lack of race pace. I think that's why it was so bad Mm. that, I mean, George had to retire the car because it was undrivable. And compared to the previous week when they looked quite good. This happens though, doesn't it? This happens and maybe they could blame you two for being the first people to see the car at the start of the season. So Mercedes, we're willing to take some of the blame for uh, your bad luck. Yeah, it's our fault, Christian. <laughs> but they can come <laughs> Sorry, back, can't they? They've, they've got the expertise, they've got the drivers, they've got the they've got the team principal, who we love. They're, they'll come back stronger next season. Mercedes, at the start of this season, still thought that going a different way to Red Bull was the way they were going to beat Red Bull. They had the sort of zero side pod approach, real thin side pods. It feels like now, teams like... Ferrari, Aston Martin is another one who we'll get onto, and Mercedes have at least found a way of going, okay, this car that we've got here isn't the way to go. So hopefully, now they've realised that, it's a big winter for them. It's a massive winter to go, okay, for the last two years, we've gone the wrong way. We now know that, now let's get on the right trajectory. On that though, aren't they going to have their work cut out big time? Because don't 
teams work sort of ahead almost like Red Bull stop working on this car to then start working on the next so if Mercedes Red Bull realized that they had the quickest car this season approximately 13 seconds into free practice into <laughs> practice one of the Bahrain pre-season test and so from that point onwards I've been thinking right well next year and that's why that they will start as the strong favourites next year because they've been working on that car for so long. Mm. But ignore anyone who sat there going, oh, Red Bull will definitely win next season because F1's not that simple. No. Mm. And we've seen a, another thing that I put on socials this weekend was Lando in one of our very early episodes of this podcast. It was, and it was the interview me and Jimmy went to record at McLaren HQ before at the first race of the season. Lando said his aim on this podcast was to get the 2023 car into a position where they think the 2024 car will be able to fight for podiums. Ooh. McLaren have ended up consistently on the podium this year. Lando's had a hatful. Uh, Oscar's had a couple. That big step, that unexpected big step forward shows you that it is quite possible that over the course of a winter, another team could make that sort of big step forward. Let's go back in time and listen to that as proof. Lando Norris, um, let's end on a Formula one question. By the end of the year, what would we have liked to have happened? I would love, 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 love to be in a position where I can be confident that uh, in 24, we can fight for podiums. So stepping stone to bigger success in 24 is the plan. Yes. You see, he did say it. I wasn't lying. That's amazing that we've got that as a, an artifact. Yeah. But it's important, that, as we've talked about before, to have a strong Ferrari, to have a strong Mercedes, to have a strong McLaren. This is important for the, for the sport, isn't it? So we do hope that Mercedes get back to where they, where they should be next year. We mentioned Aston Martin. I know. Why don't we come on to the big story of the Grand Prix? Yes, Max has extended his record of... Uh, of victories, 17 now, mm. 17 in a season, which is ludicrous. Let's just brush that aside. Let's brush that aside. Uh, great that Lando got second, but the exciting thing is what happened between third and fourth. Our favourite tasty old man. <laughs> tasty old man, Checo Perez, mm. and Fernando Alonso provided probably the best bit of, the best single bit of racing all season. Easily. Oh. That's, that, that's my favourite bit of wheel-to-wheel racing for a couple of seasons, I think. In terms of, Brazil's excellent in the way the track flows from one part or the other in the way the DRS zones are positioned so that you can fight back. But also what I loved about it was the way Sergio made the tiniest little mistake on the entrance to a corner. And Fernando picked, said that in an interview. Yes. Like really pulled his pants down. Yeah. And went, did he say he, he, he braked late or something or? Yeah, went to, exactly. Yeah, went a little bit too deep into the corner. Amazing. Yeah. You know, Fernando spots that mm. in the car and realises. amazing yeah. how he can, like how he can spot that. Yeah, I know what you've done. And that really only happens when you're that experienced and you've done that many races and you know the circuit and you know the car and you trust the car and it just mm. it was a proper it was a master class wasn't it from both of them yeah or maybe not from both of them no do you not think or do you think Checo sort of I, I think that there's been a lot of people saying oh wasn't it so much better from Sergio and yes it was a step forward compared to his pace in recent races he still finished around 25 seconds off his teammate in the same car. Mm. That's 
huge. Yeah. That's a massive gap. I always try and put a positive spin on these drivers' achievements because they're superhuman. But if I'm being brutal, I do think the praise for Sergio has been a little bit overdone this weekend hmm. because actually he should have been beating Fernando and he didn't. He made a mistake and that's what allowed Fernando back past. It showed you that Fernando is a cut above Sergio Perez. He's a cut above most drivers on that grid. But I'm sorry if you're Sergio Perez. Okay, yes, he finished fourth. You've got to be on the podium mm. at the very least. Well, he very nearly was. He, yeah, nearly he was, was half a second away. But let's not take anything away from Fernando Alonso. He was half a tenth away. This man is sensational. He is 42 years old. He has been in F1 since Betty was in Key Stage <laughs> 1. Like he's, his first race was in 2001. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a bit of you know, ups and downs, but every career does. But look, he's still on a podium in 2023. Amazing, no? This is, this is an achievement that should go down in history. Absolutely. On that, one of our uh, listeners, Kerry, wrote in and she said, I've got a fun fact for you, okay? She was like, Christian might already know this. For anyone who's been watching Formula One since the Schumacher era, they'll likely be familiar with Fernando's history of having such a great rivalry with Michael Schumacher at one point. Now, because I remember him from my youth, I decided to do a bit of wiki research where I discovered that Alonso is in the top 10 youngest drivers to have scored a fastest lap and he is also in the top 10 oldest drivers to score a fastest <laughs> lap man still got it how amazing is that I love stuff like that I do remember I mean I was I was 10 when Fernando came on the scene and I've said on this podcast loads of times that my first season's watching were 98 and 99 so I'm just young enough to remember this exciting, talented... There was two exciting, talented kids who were seen as the future of F1, Kimi Raikkonen and Fernando Alonso. And I've still got in my parents' loft an old F1 racing magazine with the two of them on the front page. They're like, here's the future of F1, Kimi and Fernando, who went on to become known as the old boys. And in my view, there are three all-time greats on the grid at the moment of the sport. Let's name them. Betty. Max Verstappen. Lewis Hamilton. Fernando and Fernando, Alonso. they are three, and, and I'm, I'm looking. I, Greg, we've said this before. It's very difficult to compare eras in Formula One, but not, I, not if he's been in every era. No, <laughs> <laughs> he he was there. He was there in 1960, racing Fangio. He was yeah. the first ever Grand Prix. He was start. He started. But I, I only believe this is the year that we've that we can class Max Verstappen as being one of the all-time greats, which I think he is now. Lewis goes without saying and Fernando he he deserves you know he will more than likely finish his career on two world championships but he's talented enough to have won five six seven also like think about how much the sport will have changed throughout his career like just how things have changed the way that the drivers act like I was reading Jensen Button's book he was talking about how they go out like drinking all the time after (laughs) races and like such a different way of working and he sort of had to adapt to all these changes throughout the years and it's not only his fitness which as you say has come on in that length of time from the days where he could be a bit of a party animal like Jensen was in the very early part of his career and like Kimi was known for being whereas the fitness demands would make that very hard now but it's also um the mental agility you know we're all big sports fans better you and I are massive football fans Greg you're a massive cricket fan we all know that when you get to your 40s that's the point in sport where you start to think you're probably at the very end of your career no 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 no, no, no. you get to your 
early to mid 30s yes and you start going the beginning of the end this is really gonna be really tough from here you look at people like andy murray who's one of my Mm. favorite sports people ever i I adore that man i think he's incredible and his body is sort of trying to give up but he won't let it yeah he's doing everything to keep it's in your 30s that you start going my god this is really difficult so if you're in your 40s and you're still managing to Get yourself ready for these races. It's it's a grueling season. Yes, they get paid ludicrous amounts of money, but you've still got to turn up and do it and get in the gym and you've got to get in the sim. You've got to keep your eyes good. You've got to keep your brain sharp. And it's like this guy, Fernando Alonso, I'm just doing some think. Why are you <laughs> showing me a picture? He's of, just got a picture of You're showing Wayne me a picture Rooney of Wayne Rooney. I'm not trying to be harsh to Wayne, a true sport, English sporting great. Yeah. But Fernando Alonso is four years older than that man. Uh, I know what you're getting at here. And uh, full credit to Wayne Rooney. Fantastic man. Legend. Uh, a legend. But he, what you're saying is he wouldn't play, be playing for England now. No. Because you you got you to gotta keep on top of this stuff. Fernando is 42 and not still racing mm. in the Porsche Super Cup. Or at right. the junior series, like again, if Wayne was playing, he'd have you know he went to DC United, for example, he played in a lesser league. But yeah. Fernando is still performing at the ultimate mm. level of sport at forty-two, and performing moves like we saw this weekend. It's sensational. Yeah, it, it's extraordinary, and I would love to have a proper sit down with him at some point, just because I think he's got stories to tell, and people love him. How can you not love him? Yeah, that smile great. in his face when he's winning is, is infectious. He's like a fine wine, isn't he? he gets better with age. So lovely Fernando with a, with a podium spot, third in the race. The other people with a podium spot, mm. Max Verstappen. Max Verstappen. Which is all, all my niece sings to me, by the way. Really? Yeah, I said, who's going to win this? And she went, Max Verstappen. Oh, I'm going to start answering like that. Yeah, and uh, um, Lando Norris was there. Uh, Fernando Norris was there, Max Verstappen. And a Red Bull <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Who was that man? <laughs> Who was, was that the, man? Who's the guy? The winner, if you're new to Formula One, you might not realise that the winning constructor team of each race brings somebody onto the podium with them. And generally, if you win all the time, like Red Bull, that gets shared out between team members. Every single person that works for them has been on the podium. <laughs> <laughs> they're, getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're getting everybody on. <laughs> the work catering staff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> work experience people. Yeah. John, off, John off reception. Yeah. IT support. Yeah. yeah, they're all on. But... And, and therefore they appear in the pictures. But social media picked up on the fact that this one particular gentleman <laughs> seemed to be a bit more front and centre than other people. Than the, than the drivers. Yeah. Arms around Lando and Max. Looks like he's won the yeah. bloody Grand Prix. Would you like to know who that man is? Yes. The mystery man. That is Jeff Kalam. Oh, yeah. Kalam. Kalam, I hear it and I know. Uh, no, <laughs> Jeff Kalam, the senior <laughs> Kylie Minogue for you there, the senior project <laughs> engineer. You okay? Can we, I'm talking about Jeff here. Can you show some respect? <laughs> show some respect. <laughs> Jeff Kalam, 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 Kalam. I know you want to take me home. <laughs> who is the senior project engineer at Red Bull Racing? Who have we met any project engineers before? No. no we've, we've not gotten a We've not had one on the podcast or anything like that. No. But let alone a senior Oh, do you podcast. know what? Fair f*** to Jeff. Yeah. yeah. Honestly. He's, like he's going to have that photo framed and up on his wall in his living room. Because, yes, they, they, all these people work so hard. Mm. But um, it was just very funny, wasn't it? You've got to be able to take 
the criticism when it comes your way when you're in front of a global audience of something mad like 200 million people. <laughs> also, also, he just really sticks out because he's so tall as well, isn't he? Oh, well, do you know what? I'd like to speak to him, I think. So I was about to say, It'd let's be get great to on. get him on the podcast, wouldn't it? Yeah, what was that moment like? <laughs> <laughs> How are you dealing with all the memes? <laughs> How many photos have you got in your house? Also, can you imagine what his phone would have been like? All his mates going, you're on the telly. I'm trying to find out a little bit more about Jeff on the internet, but details are quite... Uh... Well, his Instagram was at the top. Click on that. No, no, that's not him. Oh. No, it's a different Jeff Kalam Kalam, I feel it, and I know. Well, he's got... I want to, I want to speak to him even more now, then, because he's, he's elusive, isn't he? But, <laughs> I but, really, yeah. But also sort of had a moment of madness and went, I'm going to get on the podium with the three most famous drivers in the world. <laughs> I, I don't think that's how it actually went down. I'd be very surprised if it wasn't Max being like, come on, get in the picture. But maybe I'm wrong. So Jeff's having a lovely time. Fernando's having a lovely time. Mercedes aren't currently having a lovely time. But Mercedes will be having a lovely time with us when we go and do our first ever live Fast and the Curious podcast from Mercedes-Benz World. How about that? It doesn't quite sound real. It sounds like you're talking about another thing. Like it's a live thing at Mercedes World when we... This feels quite new still to me in life. It's a bit silly and surreal in the best possible way. So... Are we calling it an end of season party? We certainly are. Wow. So we're going to do it on the 8th of December, Friday night, at Mercedes-Benz World. Because I've, I've talked to you about it before. I don't think I've mentioned it on the podcast. I've been going there for a few years because I really like cars. And it's uh, a, an adult playground, basically. They have the most amazing, they've got all the old Mercedes, all the old SLs, all the old Formula One cars. It's like Legoland, but for Mercedes. I didn't know this existed before. I, this, I don't know how I've gone through my life and not yeah. seen this. They well, tried to keep it quiet from you, mate, because you would have just gone there but you every know, weekend. But you know where it is? A hugely significant place for racing fans. You know where it is? Brooklands. Brooklands. It used to be where races were. Mm. So it's this enormous place and we're going to do a live show from there with a, a select few listeners and we're going to get some guests and we're going to have just a really nice time. We thought we'd do maybe get you to do a Christmas quiz. Oh, I'd love to do a Christmas quiz. Be yeah. quite good. So we're just going to have a little outing. We'll invite some listeners along and it's all going to happen on the 8th of December. Details on how you can be there. You, yes, you listening to me saying that um, very, very soon. Can I get a lift with you? Yes. Thank you. Yes, you can. Uh, as long as I can take you around the track <gasps> or the drifting circuit, which I, is one of my favourite things in the whole world. I had a oh hot gosh. lap earlier this year with Oscar Piastri that was mm. featured in this very podcast. But that would be my highlight, Greg. What, if I took you for a hot lap? Yes. That would be amazing. During the recording of this podcast, a Greg James hot scone and then i'd have a greg james hot lap i mean actually it was greg's wife bella who made the scones and they were very lovely but, you know. yeah don't don't let greg take yeah. credit for the scones no, bella would be furious although bella doesn't listen to this podcast because she finds formula one pointless yeah. you're listening to a formula one podcast <laughs> <laughs> so you're both excited absolutely buzzing that Good, sounds right? amazing yeah. no i'm not I, i'd be lying if i said i'm excited because yeah. i don't think I, I fully realize it's happening so we're about a month away from a little end of season party and we're only two races away from the end of the season I I can't believe how quickly this season's gone. I actually can't believe it. It's flown by. It, it does feel, considering it's our first season together, um, 
it feels like it's gone quickly in that sense. But then also, do you yeah. remember like the chaos of the Australian Grand Prix? That feels about five years ago. Yeah. Mm. Like Bahrain feels like... Ages ago. Ages. And people keep asking us as well, like, what are you going to do in the winter? Well, there isn't really much of one. As soon as the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix finishes, it's practically Christmas. And then early February is pre-season testing. So it's like, <gasps> F1 never stops. I'm already excited for our little Silverstone trip again. Yeah, and I absolutely loved it. Oh, we you go back to Shakedown again? Yeah. Mm. That'll be fun. Oh, oh Barney's back. Barney's hey, back. Barney. <laughs> We've been hey, Barney. wanging on for so long, Barney's had a walk. Barney's had back. a walk. <laughs> um, before we go, yes. before we go, um, this is the first time we've been together in person as a podcast gang since I went to Austin. <gasps> and what did I promise when I went to Austin? Uh, you heard me get these actually on the podcast, on the audio diary. I have Amanda's friendship bracelets straight off from Austin. (laughs) I said I'd bring them back. And look, you can all see mine's never left my wrist. Here it is. So I bought Amanda's friendship bracelets back. I've been so paranoid about losing these. There's producer Jimmy. She was very excited that she made producer Jimmy one as well. There's Betty's and there's Greg. That's so nice. Thank you so much. Love it. Fast and the curious friendship bracelets. Thank you, Amanda. And if any other listeners would like to send us gifts <laughs> or money at Fast Curious Pod on socials. Did you get us a present from Austin? I bought you my the audio diary was my present. Oh. <laughs> Great. Con- content. Yeah. Yeah. Content was my present. Your content job. is king. Thanks, mate. I should have bought you a present, shouldn't I? Yeah, but don't worry. Let's wrap up this very fun episode of The Fast and the Curious. The, you know what? Even though with two races remaining, two very exciting races, this mad Pandora's box of the Las Vegas Grand Prix to deal with, who knows what that's going to throw out. Mm. Throw it. it will be bizarre. It will be nonsense, won't it? And then the Abu Dhabi one at the end, just to see how that goes. No, I'm very intrigued to see how Vegas goes. Mm. It's it's going to be a cold race for Formula One. Really cold. Yeah, Lando Norris said he's got to have hand warmers. Well, it's going to be like in the middle of the night. And, and it's not, a, at this time of year, that's not a warm part of America. Also famously the desert. Yeah. yeah, the desert at night in this time of year is cold, and it's it's a Saturday night race at US time. It's six a.m. UK time. Oh, oh no! no. <laughs> the, the Las Vegas Grand Prix. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I can do that, but it's quite nice because it means that when I do wake up at ten thirty, then it's well, no, it's happened, but I can avoid everything and then watch it from the start. Why don't we just have our own little watch party, like ten thirty? Yeah, at ten thirty, and we'll pretend we're watching it live. It's not a bad idea. Stream you know. it on TikTok. Ten thirty. Mm. Oh, it'll be fun, won't it? Lovely. And then Abu Dhabi after that, which is the last race of the season. Yeah. Mm. Sad times. Anyway. Abu Dhabi done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what that means, but I liked it. No, I liked it as well. Yeah. Abu Dhabi done. As they say, Abu Dhabi done. Yeah. Abu, <laughs> Abu Dhabi done. Isn't that like a weird Fred Flintstone impression? <laughs> Abu Dhabi do. <laughs> maybe that's what I was thinking of when yeah, I was saying maybe. it. We should go at Fast Curious Pod if you want to send us a message on social media. Yeah. We uh, should, because we, really, we've lost all form of standard now, haven't we? We'd probably, probably well, go. No. But most importantly, the podcast is Abu Dhabi done. <laughs> <laughs>